listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. I thank you, Father, as the word goes forth that healing, healing continues to happen, Father. That it goes deep into the hearts and the lives of every person watching, of people in this room. That burdens, Father, are lifted. Areas of our life that we've kept locked up with unforgiveness and bitterness, Father, is released. Holy Spirit, that you're pushing on areas of our heart that have been locked up, Father, endeavoring for our freedom. And I thank you for the atmosphere of your presence, Father, that makes those things easy to release. Thank you for your grace for it. And that your spirit, where your spirit is, there is freedom. And I thank you for freedom this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for so long. Thank you, praise and worship team. I love you so much. So we're still on the subject of um, money. It's really not money, but today I'm going to talk to you about purpose versus possessions. So I'm going to start in Matthew 6, 33. And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. We know this verse. We've heard this verse many times. We can, we can quote this verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. I was thinking about this verse the other day and I started to see a pattern. He says, seek first, meaning priority. Your, your priority is to seek first. What do you seek? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's your purpose. Purpose. Seek first, priority. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, purpose. And then it says, and all these things shall be added to you. What's that? provision. So there's priority, purpose, provision. The way that it's supposed to be is that we are seeking first his kingdom, seeking first his purpose, and then provision is added. But the way the world has taught us is that we seek provision first. God intended us to run after purpose and the provision would follow the purpose because provision always follows purpose. But what's happened is, is we often forfeit the purpose because we spent it on the provision, because we spent the provision on the possessions because we had our priorities out of order. I'll say that again. 
We often forfeit the purpose because we spent the provision on the possessions because our priority was out of order. Or some of us couldn't see the purpose because we allowed the provision or the money to cloud our judgment of how we saw the purpose. In other words, God set up purpose to come and, 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 and he would set up opportunities for us but either because the provision, maybe it was a job, just using as an example, that you've, a job, God puts a job in your, in your um, pathway, but because the provision didn't look good enough, you passed, you, you passed up the purpose. Or God called you to do something, but because the provision wasn't immediately there, you didn't step out in faith. So you didn't fulfill the purpose. Boy, I have no piano behind me, so it's very quiet in here. So you're all going to have to amen me, okay? That's, that's your job today. <laughs> so we often forfeit the purpose because we spent it on the provision, or because we spent the provision on the possessions because our priorities were out of order. I believe that God's wanting us to, to, to align our priorities, to shift our focus, because the world has taught us that, that it's the provision that matters. You go after the provision. You get a job, what's the provision like? I, I, oftentimes, we don't, we don't even consult God. We consult the provision. But the, the money or the provision without purpose is pointless. It's pointless. You can have all of the money in the world, but if you don't have purpose, all the money is pointless. You'd probably say, how do you know that? How do you know that? Have you had all the money in the world? No, I have not. <laughs> and like you, I would also like all the money in the world. <laughs> That's why we're preaching this message. <laughs> But you can look and see throughout history, people, wealthy people, celebrities, we can look and we can, we can look at them and we can see that they've had all the money in the world, but they're still having to take sleeping pills at night to sleep in and out of rehab, suicidal, because it's the purpose that matters, not the money but that our, 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 our thinking would shift today, that it's about my purpose. It's about the purpose of God for my life. God has positioned you for purpose, and there is purpose in your position. God has positioned you for purpose. This is, I think, one of the most important things that you'll walk away with today, that wherever you are right now, no matter if, if if you're working in a job that you're hoping that you get a different job or you feel like you're in between, or maybe you're in between jobs, maybe you're a mom staying at home with your kids and you're like, I don't even have a job. There is like, I don't get paid to watch my kids. <laughs> that you would recognize that where you are right now, you have been positioned for purpose. 
that there's purpose on your life. But what, what our thinking has been is that I'm here for the money. I go to job, I go to, I go to get, blah, blah, blah. I go to work for the money. I gotta get paid. But God did not position you for profit. He positioned you for purpose. Amen? <laughs> he did not position you for the profit. It was for the purpose. And when you're in the purpose, what happens? Provision follows. Okay. God did not put you in a job to make money. God can get money to you however he wants to. You can walk somewhere, you can find it on the ground, you can get an inheritance, you can get it sent to you. If God needs to get money to you, God will get money to you. Should you then not work? No, you should work. The Bible says you should work. You should go to job. You should go to job. My goodness, Lord, help my talking today. Let's, don't tweet that, okay? You should go to job. No, God. My pastor said. <laughs> you should work. You, you should have a job. That's a good thing. You should do that. But you aren't there for the profit. You're there for the purpose. That when you show up on Monday at work, you would recognize that I am here for a purpose. God has placed me here. There is something he would have me do in this moment. God, I'm here. What happens is God will often put us in a place of purpose, but we often stare at the seed when God looks at the harvest. Like, God, I'm not getting enough here. God, it's not, it's not worth it. God, why, why would you have me here? You, you, it must not be you. Because, because it's, and God says, no, that's the seed. You see the seed. I see the harvest. Seeking first the kingdom of God might not always look good <laughs> or look like how you had planned. Let's go to Luke 5. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in and on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who is Peter, we know Peter. So Jesus asked Simon Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, so go out, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Peter replied, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And at this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Imagine, imagine how much fish that was. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. He was, it was the goodness of God that led him to repentance. 
His partners, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed him. In order to follow Jesus, Peter had to walk away from what he had in mind and begin to follow purpose. He was a fisherman. This is what, this is what I've, I've been doing. This is what I've always been doing. And suddenly Jesus shows up. And Peter left what he thought, left what he had in mind. But it was in the following of Jesus that Peter saw things and did things that he would have never seen or did had he not followed Jesus. Peter walked on water. Peter saw blind eyes opened, people raised from the dead. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter had connections that he would have never had had he not followed Jesus and answered the purpose that God was calling him to in that moment. You understand that Peter had just had the greatest catch of his life. And instead he followed Jesus. He followed the purpose. Your next is in your connections, but if you are chasing the provision, you often miss the connections because you are following the opposite of what God intended. And you begin running after, you begin running after and chasing after and making provision your pursuit when God gives provision to those who are pursuing purpose. It's a lot of peace. God gives provision to those who are pursuing purpose. But yet, the world has taught us to pursue provision. If Peter was still chasing provision, he wouldn't have walked on the water, seen the blind healed, he would have been able to say that he had an encounter with Jesus. He would have been able to say that one time, Jesus showed up on my boat. I had an incredible encounter with him and he blessed me. But maybe that's all Peter would have been able to say. I, I met the guy once. But in the middle of an encounter, Jesus called him to purpose. If you look throughout the Bible, God uses people who were committed to the purpose, not committed to the provision. You think of anybody. I think you could think of, you think of um, Noah, Abraham, Elijah, Moses. They were committed to the purpose of God in their life. I'm about, my, I'm about, I'm about, I'm about the, the purpose of God. I'm about what God wants and provision always followed them. And God used them. 
Luke 16, verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. We heard this already, but we're going to read it again. But if you were dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with great responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, but you hate one and you love the other. You will be devoted to one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. What is that saying? You, you can't follow after the money. and have the purpose to. What, what happens? What, what happens? What does that look like? If I go after the money, then, I, then we talked about it earlier, then it's, it's frustrating, then it's pointless. If I just have the money and I don't have the purpose, it's pointless. Or I get mad at God because I'm not getting enough. Or I'll be in my purpose, but in my heart of hearts, I'm mad that the money's not enough. Because you, you can't serve God in money too. Would you be willing to part with your possessions to follow your purpose? That's your question, question for you to think on, question that I've been thinking on. Man, I tell you, 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 maybe this happens to you guys, but you, it becomes your focus, but I've been studying this, and so I'm studying it, and I'm studying it, and I'm thinking on it, and, and not only are these things glaring at me in the face, but there's opportunities that come up to say, wait a minute, I need to think this through. Would I be willing to part with my possessions if, if God showed up and said it's time to leave it all? Matthew 4, verse 18. This is the same story we just read, but a different book, a different perspective. And uh, I want to read it. That, I want to read this one through. So, verse 18. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, which was called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So Jesus shows up and he calls them into their purpose, and they followed him. And, and think about this. This is, this is the most successful day of Peter's life. And, and then for these two brothers, this is what they've known. This is, this is what you will do with the rest of your life. This is your father's business. This is now your business, and we are going to follow this. And suddenly things shift. God called me into purpose, and they leave everything behind. 
So on the most successful day of your life, and Jesus shows up and says, follow me. Do you follow him or stay faithful to the money? Would you be willing to part with your possessions to follow the purpose? This is, this is just the thoughts. Do I, serve, do I serve the provision? Am I after the provision or am I after the purpose? That I recognize that my nine to five job Recognizing not everyone has nine to five jobs anymore. My nine to two, my midnight to seven, I don't know, <laughs> job. That I recognize in this moment, it's not about the money. Thank God for the provision. Thank God for the money. But to recognize that I have been positioned in this moment for purpose. That I am here because God placed me here. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Thank God for the money, but it doesn't matter. That, that I recognize... Listen, when you, when you are enslaved to money, that's when waking up for your job is exhausting and it's hard. Because I, I just got to stay here because of the money, because of the paycheck. I hate my job. I hate the people. I hate everything but the money. Versus, it's not my favorite job in the world. I have a lot of hard days and a lot of trials. But I'm here right now, so this morning I wake up and I'm going to recognize that I have been positioned in this place. Tomorrow it may change. Tomorrow he may lead me and say, okay, I've got your heart, I've got your attention, I'm gonna change it right now. But to recognize that when I get up tomorrow morning and I head to work, that I recognize that I have been positioned in this place. And I don't serve the money. I serve the king. And I'm here because of the position, because of the purpose. Mark 10, 17, the rich young ruler. We know this story. He shows up and he says, teacher, how, how do I inherit the kingdom? And he says, well, make sure you're following the commandments. Don't, don't murder, you know, all those things. Don't do any of that stuff. And he says, I don't do that. I, I, I haven't done that. And he's like, great, then there's just this one thing. And Jesus says, one thing that you haven't done. He's like, okay, I'm ready. What is it? Give it to me. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22, and this, at this, the man's face fell. In other words, I can't do that. In other words, my heart is so connected to this. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is 
for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. In that moment, Jesus was calling the rich man, just like he did Peter, just like he did James, just like he did John, come follow me, leave it guys, follow me. And, and, and they were like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, let's go. I'm sure they had some thoughts, I'm sure. It's like, oh, the fish, the follow just my boat. <laughs> just, okay, I'm following Jesus. I'm sure there were thoughts. But they followed purpose. And in this moment, Jesus says to the rich young ruler, and he calls him into his purpose, but because of the possessions because of the things, because of the money, because of the provision, whatever it was, but I can't leave those things. He goes away. Sad because he had many things. And he forfeits his purpose. When we follow provision, we forfeit purpose. But when you follow purpose, provision follows you. But provision isn't just money. It isn't just money. When, when you follow purpose, provision follows you, meaning connections, open doors. He puts people in your path. He puts you in front of kings. He puts you in front of people that, that need to hear. He opens doors. That's provision that wherever you go, I am going to provide a way. I will open doors. I will make paths straight. Whatever I need to do, provision will follow you when you step into purpose. Okay, here's another question. I'm almost finished. Is it your job to provide for you? Is it your job to provide for you? We already said, should you work? Yes, you should. But do you provide for you? Matthew 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed with like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all things. But seek first. There we go. There it is. That's the alignment. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. 
sufficient for the day is its own troubles. For your heavenly Father knows all the needs that you have so. What's your priority? What's the purpose? Because provision follows that. Luke 12, 24. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Look at the ravens. My mom, my mom used to look at, she would stop for any animal. I think, I don't know if I've ever told this, these stories before, but my whole childhood, I thought that it was completely normal that foxes visited with you and you fed them. I, I didn't know that you couldn't just play with foxes because my mom did. She would see rabbits running, wild rabbits running on the side of the road. She would pull her car over and run into the bush, I kid you not, and come out with the rabbit. She was like, who is that, Snow White? No, who played, was it Snow White, Cinderella? No, whoever, whatever, she was like a Disney character, Snow White, who just like played with animals, and I thought all of this was normal. Ravens, I, okay, here's another one, pigeons. I slept with pigeons, you guys, in my room at night, because pigeons, she would find them, and they would be hurt, and so she would nurse them back to life in my room while I slept. And so pigeons would then land on our doorstep that were sick. They would bring sick pigeons. I'm not, I, I'm not even making this up, okay? They would bring sick pigeons to the door. The pigeons would bring pigeons, and my mom would take care of them. So ravens. <laughs> my mom loved ravens. And uh, so she would often pull her vehicle over and sit and talk to the ravens like a crazy person. My aunt does it too, so she still does it. Terry talks to ravens, she does. And <laughs> But just like, oh, and look at them, look at them, they're so cute, they're so cute, they're so cute. So I read this verse and I laugh, it's like, look at the ravens. Yes, my mother did. I've looked at many ravens and spoke to many of them. They've never talked back to me, but that's okay. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And are you, and you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Job 38 Verse 41, who provides food for the ravens? When their young cry out for God and wonder about in hunger, who, who does that? He's talking to Job. Job, who provides food for even the ravens? Not just do I provide food for the ravens, I, I provide it for their kids too. Who does that? That's me, Job. I'm the one that does that. I'm the one that provides. First Kings 17, verse 2. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him food, brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. God blesses even the ravens and takes care 
even the ravens, that the ravens have enough to provide for somebody else. And so God calls Elijah not to the provision, not like, hey, Elijah. He calls him to the purpose. He calls him to get in line with his will and says, and in that place will be the provision. You see, he goes into, he gets him into purpose in verse three, go to the east. He says to Elijah, go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, right where it enters the Jordan River. And there there'll be some ravens and some water and I'll provide for you. Follow the purpose. Don't forget about the purpose. It's not about the provision. I will provide for you. I will always provide for you. That doesn't change. Just get into purpose. I put this in there. We were talking about this in um, youth the other day. That it's us for us to read stories like Elijah and how incredible he was, Abraham, Moses, all of these incredible, and think, well, that was them. That was like some special type of people, you know? But they were people. They were people. They were just like us. And in James 5, it says, verse 7, Elijah says, or um, excuse me, James says, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. But Elijah was as human as we are. So if God provide for Elijah, provided for Elijah, God will do the exact same thing for you. It's not any different. I'll tell you um, a story. I told it on God Talk, so some of you have already heard it, but it's talking about provision. You know, last year with COVID, we have a salon, and uh, that's where my husband works. I used to work there. And, and so COVID happens, and of course, we were one of the ones that had to shut down. And uh, so we shut down, and and it just was what it was. You, you know there's no income coming in when you're shut down. That's it. Like, that's it. And so we, we weren't really concerned. We're just like thanking God and all the things. And so it came to tax time. And we always owe money. Business, it's just the way it is. We always owe money at tax time. And so we save. We prepare for it. And so we, were, we had saved. And, and um, I, had, I, I believed I had enough saved about six or $7,000 saved. And I, I said to my husband, I said, you know, I think we can file for our taxes now because I wanted to file it, making sure that we could pay it as soon as it was time to pay. And so I said, I think we can file it because COVID was a terrible year. We were closed for half of it, you know? So um, we should have enough once we come, when, when we file it, we should have enough to pay it. And so we were pumped, yes, like on top of it, let's do this. And so I, we send our stuff away to uh, the accountant. And so I get this text message from the accountant and he's asking me questions like, do you have any other write-offs? Like, what about this number? Is this number right? Like, um, you know, and I'm like, this is strange that he would be asking me all these questions, you know? And he's like, just trying to really work things. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And he says, uh, well, it's really bad. 
And I'm like, oh, he must forget that we owe every year. Like, he must just be stressed about it. And I'm like, really bad? Like, how bad? And he says, like, $14,000. And I'm like, that's like, <laughs> that's a lot more, you know? I'm like, what? How? How could we owe that much? How could we be closed and how? And he's like, oh, I can absolutely see that your income is way down, absolutely. But um, a bunch of unforeseen things doesn't really matter. It's like we were down a couple workers, just things. And he said, so that's contributing to this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, but I'll, I'll work on it. But knowing that him working on it isn't gonna get us down to 7,000, you know? It was like, okay, cool. And so Jarrett came home and I'm like, so I talked to the accountant and he's like, oh yeah. I was like, it's bad. It's like, really? Yeah. It's 14,000. And he's like, oh my God. Like, where do we, where do we even find that money? Like, I don't know. I don't actually know. And so we talked about it for a couple of seconds and I said, you know what? It'll be okay. And he said, you're right. It'll be okay. It's always okay. He always provides. And we left it. And so the accountant came back and he's like, I can't get these numbers to move. They're not moving. It's like, cool. Okay going to be okay. I'm just going to remind myself it's going to be okay. God always provides. God always provides. And so um, we, we just kept saving, just kept saving, kept putting away money. But like, you know, we didn't have like extra thousands of dollars kicking around weekly or monthly, right? And so we're just like a hundred here, a hundred there trying to save three weeks, three week time period. Okay. And I thought three weeks had gone by. I should count the money to see like where we're at. How much do I have? How much more? We hadn't been saving much, but whatever. <laughs> and so I go, I count the money, and then I count it again, and I'm like, what the heck? $13,000. $13,000. We're $1,000 short. I'm like, this cannot be. The next day, I get a check in the mail for $1,000. $14,000. I thought for days, for days, like, okay, did I somehow come across thousands of dollars that I forgot? <laughs> like, I tried to figure it out. I honestly did. And this is the best part. I go to Jarrett and I'm like, we have all the money to pay it. And he says, well, I did put $200 away. <laughs> oh, that's, there it is. That's where the money went. God always provides. Let me tell you another story. When I took over pastoring, the, the church financially was in a lot of trouble. It was in a lot of trouble. And uh, I mean, there were things that God did that I could stand here, I could take up a whole Sunday morning and tell you thing after thing of how God provided. But there was one thing in particular. We had a lot of back debt, bad debt, debt that had been sitting there for years, years. And it was our, uh, you know, Lois who is, is in the financial department and the, and the pastoral team was like, God, we don't want this. And it's not that we don't want it just because we, we don't want to have to owe people money and not be able to pay them. And I would pray all the time. I, I pray, and I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, like crazy amounts. And, and, and so I was like, God, I, I would pray all the time, God, help. God, this isn't my issue. God, you got to pay for this. You, you got to pay for this, God. And, and I would pray and pray. And we go into COVID. And of course, 
you know that, that we have events here, we have um, the building rents out, and that's part of supplementing what we do. But COVID comes and all that shuts down. And Lois and I will, will probably never, I don't think Lois will forget this day when we realized that in the middle of COVID, what should have been the worst, what would have, should have been our ruin, what should have shut us down, we paid every single person It's not about the provision. It's about the purpose of God. And the provision follows the purpose. And so I, I believe today, my, my biggest heart today, if I could just say one thing, is that you would recognize that you have been positioned. Wherever you are, whatever you do, if, if you're in school, whatever it is that you do, that in this moment, you have been positioned. And that the provision will follow. But it takes, it, it takes a shift, and I believe that God wants us to shift it. And I felt him say this this morning when I was praying, that if you would allow him to shift it, that, that, that from this moment on, that you would recognize that I am positioned where I am. That he is using me, in, he is using me as a priest, to minister, he is using me to touch people's lives, that if you would recognize this and switch from a focus being provisioned to the focus being positioned for purpose, that you would begin to see open doors. You would begin to see connections that your heart has cried out for. Because what's happened is, is your focus has been provision. But he says, when when you allow the shift to take place right now, that you would begin to see the open doors that he sets before you, the connections that he sets before you, the favor that he's put on you. You put people in your path and you would recognize in this moment, right now, this second, he has just put this person in my path. I'm not just here doing a job. I'm here working for the king. I've been positioned. So Father God, I thank you that you take care of the ravens, you take care of every, every bird, you take care of everything, Father, how much more would you take care of us? And so, Father, I thank you that in this moment right now, that there is a shift taking place in our very core of who we are and of how we think, and that, on, that when we rise up to work, and in fact, even in this moment, that we would suddenly see the favor of God on our lives to be positioned for great things, to be positioned for influence, to be positioned to make a difference in the places of work, in the spheres that we're in, the people that are around, in the schools that we're at, that we would be positioned right now for the purpose of the King. Father, I thank you that right now the purpose is settling in on people's hearts, Father. And that destiny is rising up larger than that I was destined for big things. And that it wouldn't be about the money, it wouldn't be about the possessions, but you would be the priority in following your kingdom and your way of doing things. 
And Father, I just declare over every person here, connections, divine connections, bigger spheres of influence. I thank you that you're putting people in their pathways, Father, that they will minister to, that will open doors for them. I thank you that there'll be connections that take place, heart connections, lives changed, that this is a moment of turning, and I declare it over them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Adam? about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.